Okay, this is uh, in the meter called Vasanta Tilaka. Hmm. The ornament of spring. So on this wintry day, we will chant with the ornament of spring. Tiryan manusha vibhudadishu jiva yonish. Tiryan manusha vibhudadishu. Sorry, I have to get this. Tiryan manusha vibhudhadishu jiva yonish. Atmechayatma krita se tu paripsayaya. Atmechayatma krita se tu paripsayaya. Atmechayatma krita se paripsayaya. Reme nirasta vishayo pyavarudha dehas. Tasmai namo bhagavate purushottamaya. Tasmai namo bhagavate purushottamaya. Okay, what's it all mean? Tiryak. Tiryak. Animals lower than human beings. Animals lower than human beings. As I remember, this uh, tiryak literally means horizontal. So having a having a backbone that's horizontal. So comes to mean animals with who walk on four and have a horizontal back. Manusha, Manusha. human beings, beings. etc. <laughs> amongst the demigods. Hmm. Seems like the etc. should go there because adi means etc. Okay, jiva yonishu, indifferent species of life. Now notice in the verse it's jiva yonishv. So why is that? That is because of sandhi rules. Because the next syllable begins with a, a vowel, at, atmechaya, so it becomes instead of jiva yoni shu atma, it becomes jiva yoni shvatma. It's actually easier to pronounce. Okay, atma, atma. self, self. Ichaya. ichaya, 
by the will. Atmakrita, self-created, setu, obligations, paripsaya, desiring to preserve, yaha, who, reme, performing transcendental pastimes. Uh, this word, I believe it comes from Ram, the root, which means uh, to, to enjoy, to be pleased. Mm. Nirasta, Nirasta, not being affected. Not being affected. Vishaya, Vishaya, material contamination. Material contamination. Api, Api, certainly. Avarudha, manifested. Deha, transcendental body. Tasmai, unto him. Nama, what did that mean? Yesterday we had it. Oh, to bend, yes. <laughs> Uh, my obeisances, <laughs> Bhagavate, unto the Personality of Godhead, Purushottamaya, the Primeval Lord. Hmm. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, O oh my Lord, by your own will you appear in the various species of living entities among animals lower than human beings as well as among the demigods to perform your transcendental pastime. You are not affected by material contamination. You come just to fulfill the obligations of your own principles of religion. And therefore, O Supreme Personality, I offer my obeisances unto you for manifesting such different forms. Nice. Purport. The Lord's incarnations in different species of life are all transcendental. He appears as a human being in his incarnations of Krishna, Rama, etc. But he is not a human being. Anyone who mistakes him for an ordinary human being is certainly not very intelligent. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 9.11, avajananti mangmudha manushingtanumashritam. The, the same principle is, a, is applicable when he appears as the hog or fish incarnation. They are transcendental forms of the Lord and are manifested under certain necessities of his own 
pleasure and pastimes. Such manifestations of the transcendental forms of the Lord are accepted by him mostly to enliven his devotees. All his incarnations are manifested whenever there is a need to deliver his devotees and maintain his own principles. Tir yan manusha vibhudadishu jiva yon ishvat met Chayat makritasetu paripsayaya reme nirasta vishayo pyavarud hade hastasmai namo bhagavate purushottamaya. O my Lord, by your own will, you appear in the various species of living entities among animals lower than human beings as well as among the demigods, to perform your transcendental pastimes. You are not affected by material contamination. You come just to fulfill the obligations of your own principles of religion. And therefore, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, I offer my obeisances unto you for manifesting such different forms. Nama Sishtam Manamapi Satchiputram Atra Surupam Rupam Tasyagatam Rupurim Vashd Goshtavatim Radha Kundam Girivaramaho Radhika Madhavasam Prato Yasya Pratita Kripaya Shri Gurung Tangnatosmi Lord Brahma is offering so many nice prayers and they're, as we discussed yesterday, in an essential way, they're about offering respects. And one way to offer respect to a person is to uh, say something nice about them. <laughs> uh, this is something we can, we can all practice amongst each other, uh, is to say something nice about each other. Uh, there's lots of things one can find to say nice about others. And Lord Prama is uh, the original mm, expert in this. We might say, well, yes, but uh, it's easy for him. He's offering prayers to the Lord, and the Lord is the most nice. <laughs> there's no matching the niceness of the Lord <laughs> so it's, that's easy. That's easy. Uh, but it's not so easy to find good things to say about some people I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I shouldn't mention names, but uh, I... No, I was, I was just seeing a very interesting... Uh, sort of an interview, you could say, of one of the um, one of the American legislators, one of the chief American legislators, um, saying something about the chief executive, and uh, she was responding 
It was very nice, actually, what she said. She was responding to a reporter who was saying something um, uh, suggesting that uh, this woman uh, is, is hating uh, the chief executive. Did you see that? Yeah, and she said, no, I don't hate anyone. And then, very surprisingly to me in a public space, uh, she said, I grew up Catholic, and we learn as Catholics to appreciate other people, and we pray for them. So I don't hate anyone. I, I am, <laughs> I mean, maybe she was over the top, but uh, she was saying, you know, I'm a well-wisher. I pray, f I pray for, for our president. <laughs> I pray. I thought, yeah, he needs it. <laughs> anyway, Hare Krishna. Politics, politics and religion—two sides of the same coin. So. Uh, so what is Lord Brahma saying about the Lord, which is so nice? Uh, he is describing a, a specific activity of the Lord. And uh, this activity of the Lord has very much to do with us, uh, uh, with, with persons, conditioned souls, living entities of this world. And he's, first of all, um, elaborating on how, how the Lord connects with us. Uh, and he's uh, referring to the fact that he connects in so many different ways. Uh, taking on different forms. Um, Srila Prabhupada, in his purport, uses the word incarnation. Now, um, I mentioned Christians. Christians will object to this. I think it's good to be aware um, that they will object. Uh, I'm sometimes making points that have to do with uh, interreligious dialogue, partly because I'm going to be taking part in one uh, in a few days in South India, um, but they will object. They will say there is exactly one incarnation, uh, and of course they're identifying Jesus, uh, this person from first century, uh, uh, the land of, which is now called Israel, uh, and uh, so they want to emphasize exclusivity here, and the word incarnation. Uh, where does it come from? Well, karna. Uh, what does karna mean? Uh, yes, flesh, flesh, meat. So it, there's a kind of emphasis on the idea of physicality, physical flesh and bones. And that becomes a major point within uh, the Christian tradition that uh, God becomes flesh. Uh, and then... Uh, in contrast to that, we have a quite different understanding of avatara. 
first of all, the Sanskrit word avatar, what is it? What is it? Ava means down, tara means crossing, crossing down. We say descending, thank you. Yes, but uh, the the word itself doesn't actually, doesn't literally mean that. <laughs> um, but yes, the ava has the sense of down, so crossing down, you can say. Uh, and then we understand there are lots and lots and lots and lots of avatars. How many avatars? Well, <laughs> how much time do you have? We can discuss. <laughs> and uh, we have a whole book about this from Rupa Goswami. Uh, called the, uh, what is it called, the uh, Lagu Bhagavatamrita, the Lagu Bhagavatamrita. Lagu means small, so that's just the small Bhagavatamrita. There's, there's more if you like. And of course there's the whole Bhagavatam. Uh, and uh, these, this verse is very much summarizing. Uh, it's really just putting in two lines, or even one line, what sorts of avatars there are. Uh, Tiryan Manusha Vibuddha Adi Shu. Um, Adi is, um, is uh, the Sanskrit way of doing shorthand uh, when you want to say, and so on. When it's kind of understood what else there might be. So, uh, and so on. Tiryan Manusha Vibhudadishu, Jiva Yonishu. Uh, what what does this word Yoni mean? Womb. Yes. So Jiva Yoni. What would that mean? Jiva. We know what is Jiva. Uh, well, it, it's kind of the other way around. Uh, living entity wombs. <laughs> among, among, the, among the wombs of living entities, of jiva. So jiva, of course, there's this distinction made between... Mothers have them. We don't have them. Geber. Geber Mutter. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's Jiva and Jiva Tattva. We speak of Jiva Tattva, right? And this is then in contrast to what? Vishnu Tattva. So here what we're um, getting is that Vishnu Tattva is appearing in the wombs of Jiva, Tattva. Jiva Tattva. Whoops, that was not very graceful. Um, we, have, we have Vishnu Tattva appearing in the wombs of Jiva Tattva um, living beings, uh, all sorts of jiva tattva, and how many different living 
what, how many different species are there according to the Padma Purana? Yes, that's a lot. Um, what do what the biologists say that they have counted so far? I think only a couple million. Not even. Really? Yeah, I saw that. They, they're projecting that there's probably 8 million or so different species. But they've only found 1.2 million. And of those 1.2 million, um, how many are we losing on this planet per year now? To what they call extinction? Um, a lot. Like, it seems to be accelerating the number of types of living entities that are just disappearing. I remember, I remember way back in the late 70s, when you went to India, and there was one type of living entity which uh, was a mm, little bit scary, spooky, and that was the vulture. How do you say vulture in... Vulture? Yes, Jatayu is a vulture. Gaya, yeah, Gaya. And uh, now there are no more Gaya. There's no, there are no more vultures in India. They died out. Why? Um, apparently because of um, poisoning uh, of the earth uh, from uh, pesticides and, and so on. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, aside from <laughs> this interesting point, <laughs> we can think about this today. Okay. Uh, I was reminded from today's verse of another verse in uh, the seventh canto, another prayer uh, which is offered to Lord Nrsinghadev by... Who, who offers prayers to Lord Nrsinghadev usually? We do. Who else? Prahlad, yes. So there's a very nice prayer. Let's see if I can remember it. Itam nritiryak rishideva jashavatairair lokan vivavayasi hangsi jagat pratipan dharmang mahapurushapas yuganavrittang channa kalo yadabhavas triyugotasatam so it get, he gives a list of the different types of uh, avatars of the Lord. But then he says, Channa Kalo, in the age of Kali, Channa avatar, you appear in a covered form. And the Vaishnavas understand who Prahlad is talking about. Who is Prahlad talking about? Yes, Sri Gauranga Mahaprabhu Ki Chai. Hmm. Okay, so um, if we think about it, though, uh, it's it's an interesting idea that um, 
well, there is this world, all of what we know, this universe, uh, uh, which seems to be so vast. And we are told, I think it's in the Bhagavatam, it's, uh, that then this universe is covered. It's covered by layers of matter. I always found this interesting. What is the innermost of these layers? Yes, earth. After earth comes water. How much more water than earth? Ten times, yeah, ten times, ten times, ten. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, buddhi, ahankara. That makes the ahankara really thick. <laughs> what is it? Seven, seven, you'd say um, x to the tenth power, would it be? Or to the seventh power? Or to the tenth power? How does that work? I don't know. Um, but it's really thick. And so the Lord, when he descends from outside of that, he penetrates through an amazingly thick crust. Now, I want to propose that the plot thickens. You know that expression? Uh, a plot is like a story when you have... Let's say there's a, a mystery, a, a drama, um, some, you know, Hamlet drama. So there's the, there's the plot, and it's telling what happens. It's a little different from the story. When the plot thickens, that means it gets more complicated. We understand that every single one of us have all of these uh, elements to our body, right? Bhumirapo nalo vayu kangmano buddhir evacha ahankara itiyame bhinna prakritir ashtadaha. These eight elements are also present in us. Does this mean, and I'm just raising the question because I haven't, I don't have at hand any Shastric proof. But does it mean that each one of these elements is ten times thicker than the other, than the previous? For each of us? So aside from the universe, there's each one of us with all of these um, all of these elements covering us ten times one uh, m more than the previous? I don't you don't think so? Possibly. Possibly. That would be too much, right? You don't, you don't, you're not convinced. Not from a mathematical point of view. That would be very hot. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That's an interesting point. 
Okay. The biological perspective says we're mostly water. But now, just to complicate matters more, what do we understand by earth? What do we understand by water? What do we understand by, by fire? Do we ever have experience of any of these in their pure form? I remember years, 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 years ago, His uh, Holiness Jaipataka Swami made the point uh, you want to experience pure earth? Go to the bank of the Ganga. That mud, he said, is pure bhumi. Now, my skeptical mind said, wait, wait, but it's mud. Mud means mixed with water. But I didn't want to spoil the fun. Uh, in any case, in any case, the point is that the Lord is penetrating through uh, this vast uh, layering of, of, of darkness. So what is the universe, uh, what's the term for uh, universe in Sanskrit? Yeah, Vishva is also, it's also, but um, I'm thinking of Brahmanda. Brahm. B H not Brah but Brahm Brahmanda and Anda what is an Anda an egg yeah so this is a wandering egg we're inside a big wandering egg Haribo <laughs> welcome to the wandering egg and on top of all this uh, which age are we in now we're in Kali Yuga welcome. <laughs> and but there is the good news and the good news is uh, that in this age despite all of these conditions the Lord appears uh, as uh, the Channa avatar the Lord who doesn't want to um, doesn't want to be known as the Lord he wants to be known as a devotee of the Lord and he comes uh, to do the purpose which is uh, referred to by Lord Brahma in this verse, Atma Ichaya, he comes by his own desire, Atma Krita Setu Paripsaya Yaha, Ichaya, by his own desire, of course this is in contrast to all of us, we don't, we were not choosing who we were uh, becoming the child of, and we were not, probably you were not choosing where you were born, uh, but somehow here we are. The Lord is choosing to come. That's interesting, isn't it? And the fact that he's choosing to come to such a place, that's wonderful also, isn't it? He's choosing to come, and he's choosing, and why is he coming? Because um, you come, says Lord Brahma, just to fulfill the obligations of your own principles of religion. What are, what are the Lord's obligations of the principles of religion? What is he saying in Bhagavad Gita, famously? Yada, 
यदा I think we Tadatmanam Srijam Yaham and then and then yes Paritranaya notice this word Paritrana Trana is similar to Tara it has this idea of crossing but in this case Paritrana in order to, uh, we say, in order to deliver, in order to bring out. So he comes in order to bring out paritranaya sadhunam. And then, dinashaya chaduskritam. So in the other verse that I mentioned from the uh, seventh canto, itam nritiryak rishi deva jashavatairailokan Lokan vibhavayasi hangsi jagat pratipan. And vibhavayasi is a way of saying to protect, causing to be protected. And then hamsi, it's second person, you kill. And Prabhupada in the word for word says, sometimes, sometimes the Lord kills. You protect, and sometimes you kill. <laughs> yeah, isn't that sweet? <clears throat> uh, and of course, on top of all of this, is the pleasure of the Lord. Ray May. Uh, the Lord is doing all of this because he's enjoying. Hmm. It's a nice meditation to think that there is a person who is uh, really enjoying. Whereas we make our, um, our efforts, uh, we make a lot of efforts. Uh, but uh, in fact, for the Lord, there's no effort involved. It, it, it comes by his sweet will. But he does have some purpose and his purpose is to uh, fulfill his own duty. And of course Lord Chaitanya is doing this uh, in so many wonderful ways, uh, teaching, especially teaching us about how we can connect with the Lord through all of these, all of these layers. Uh, even when the Lord is not visibly present. And we understand from our uh, acharyas that Lord Chaitanya uh, composed prayers. And one of the prayers that he composed, or the only eight prayers that he composed, are the uh, Shiksha Ashtakam, these eight prayers of instruction. And it's interesting that they're called prayers of instruction. Um, because they don't really take the form of th that normally instruction would. For example, the uh, Upadesha Amrita is, is very much Upadesha, Shiksha. It's kind of do this, 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 and this. Um, but uh, the first prayer of Lord Chaitanya 
um, or the first statement. Um, we know this, isn't it? Cheto darpana marjanam bhava mahadavagni nirvapanam shreya kairava chandrika vitaranam vidya vadu jivanam anandam burivardhanam it's getting better and better <laughs> pratipadam purnam rita asvadanam sarvatmas Napanam Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam. Yes. So he's giving a list of all the results, the wonderful results of Shri Krishna Sankirtanam. Uh, and there is a commentary uh, to these eight verses by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur called the Sri Sanmodana Bhashyam. Sanmodana means giving great joy. So do you want to get some joy in hearing about uh, this first verse a little bit? Just a couple of things I found very interesting. Um, so first, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur announces uh, that uh, the Lord has kindly appeared and he has given these prayers uh, and he declares in this first prayer, let the congregational chanting of the holy name be especially glorified. And then he speaks something about personal versus impersonal conception of God. Now this, we may want to say, oh yeah, um, we know all about this, <laughs> uh, and we are Vaishnavas, so we are personalists, uh, so you don't have to tell me about this. Well, again, we do have these coverings that tend to uh, influence us. So let's, let's look at something of what he says here. Therefore, says Bhaktivinoda Thakur, please hear how the chanting of the whole of the holy name is always victorious even in the mundane world which is created by the external energy of the lord scripture emphasizes the absolute oneness of the supreme truth we read in shruti shastra quote only that one non-dual substance, the Supreme Godhead existed before creation. Aham evasam evagre nanyat yat sadasat param paschada ham yadevacha yovashishyeta sosmyaham. First verse of the Chatur Shloki uh, Bhagavatam. And in another place, quote, other than he, the one non-dual Brahman, no variegatedness exists. These statements establish what is essentially the all-pervading, impersonal aspect of the Absolute Truth. Right? However, 
The statement, quote, everything is Brahman, unquote, actually emphasizes the principle that the eternal and supreme absolute truth is personal and differentiated. Now at this point, you, if you're listening carefully, you may say, what? <laughs> how come, how is it that to say everything is Brahman actually emphasizes the principle that the eternal and supreme absolute truth is personal and differentiated? Did that question come in your mind? <laughs> now that we've raised the question, now we say, oh yes, I also had that question. <laughs> okay. Well, Bhaktinod Thakur is going to address this. Do you want to hear what he says? Yes. He says, how is this? In the simultaneity of different differentiated personalism and undifferentiated impersonalism. It is the personal feature which is prominently perceptible, whereas impersonalism is imperceptible due to it being non-differentiated. <laughs> That one's a bit tough to translate, isn't it? Okay, we're going to get a, an analogy here which will help to make this point. Uh, this point was added by the editor. I don't know who was the editor of this, but anyway, I think it's useful. So, Okay, he makes the point. Um, in the study of epistemology, what is epistemology? Very good, yes. It's the, it's the study of how do we know anything? How do we know anything? How do we know what we know? How does he know that? <laughs> how do you know that that's what that means? <laughs> we can discuss. Uh, or you can just say it's the theory of knowledge. What, what does it mean to know something? Okay, in the theory of knowledge... The theory of knowledge reveals the fact that without differentiation, perception is impossible. Did that make sense? Why is it? Here's the example. Will an observer in a completely dark room at midnight be able to see a black cat walk across the room? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but would this be true in a completely black room? There's no light to reflect. Yeah. Uh, you, good try. Good try. Our senses and mind distinguish one object from another by differentiating uh, uh, 
differentiation of their attributes. Attribute, what is an attribute? You can say a feature, a particular quality, uh, anything which makes something distinctive. Uh, so our senses, our mind perceive distinct distinctions. Similarly, since the infinite Brahman is totally undifferentiated, merging with Brahman means to lose any possibility of even perceiving Brahman. It's like, um, yeah, v Gates, Prabhu. Um, What? <laughs> you couldn't even say what. You couldn't even hear those words. Those are differentiations. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hear anything. You wouldn't see anything. Nothing. It would be, dare I say, void. And yet, uh, it's not void because it's Brahman, which is the fullness it's, it's the everything of everything. Uh, so, by applying the same logic, likewise, it is with consciousness, uh, it is with consciousness denotes, no, it is consciousness that denotes the presence of the soul in the body. Not sure this makes sense. Uh, let me go back. Similarly, since the infinite Brahman is totally undifferentiated, merging with Brahman means to lose any possibility of perceiving it. And by applying the same logic, likewise it is with consciousness denotes. No, it is consciousness that denotes the presence of the soul in the body, the kaivalya, impersonal liberation of the impersonalist, is equivalent to spiritual suicide. Here's the point. Therefore, <laughs> the personal feature of the absolute truth predominates. And this is explained also by Jiva Goswami, who uh, says, achintya beda abeda vada. That our philosophy is there is an inconceivable difference and non-difference. There is non-difference, there's oneness, and there's difference. And it's inconceivable. It's inconceivable to the mind. But of the two, the, the beta, the difference, is more important. And that's good news for us. That makes our life meaningful. Otherwise, Hare Krishna, we could... We can fold up our tents and uh, stop everything. And we couldn't even chant Om. We wouldn't be able to. Uh, we wouldn't be able to discriminate this sound Om <laughs> from anything else. Okay. Well, I just wanted to reflect uh, a little on this verse and how. Yeah, merciful Lord Chaitanya is. He gives us, uh, 
He gives us instruction, he gives us a process, he gives us something, gives us something to do. He gives us something to do that gets us right out beyond. And therefore, uh, we want to be very careful in our chanting, isn't it? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. It just could be the case that as you are chanting Hare Krishna, that Lord Krishna is listening to you. Oh my, hadn't thought of that, had you? Well, just be reminded as you are chanting Hare Krishna, you are calling to him. If someone calls you, and you answer, and then they don't respond, they just keep calling you, and you keep saying, I'm here, and they just keep calling, and you keep saying, I, hello, I'm here. Then after a while, they may just go, ah, anyway, and go somewhere else. <laughs> now someone in the crowd is going to say, oh, so then when we chant, we should, we should stop because Krishna might be responding to us. Mm, what would you say to that? I would say that you should continue. <laughs> <laughs> We should continue to chant. Always, always remember God and never forget Him. Ashla Prabhupada mentioned uh, when one journalist asking why chanting the holy name, said we are associated with Krishna. Um, so if you want to be always connected with Krishna, we should be always connected in his form of the holy name. Hmm. Why stop? Why stop? <laughs> well, the reason to stop might be, as I gave this example, you're, you're calling for someone and that person is responding and then you go on and then you ignore that person. So I think the point is we don't want to ignore. And um, the point is also the Lord... The Lord is present, um, and what we're trying to do as we chant, as we go about uh, serving, is trying to notice how the Lord is present, isn't it? And for each of us, this, uh, the Lord may appear in different ways. This makes it interesting. The Lord will appear in different ways. He, he appears also in a way which is common for all of us to see. He appears, for example, in the deity form as Nursingadev. And according to Pilai Lokacharya of the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya, uh, of the five forms, five types of forms of the Lord, uh, starting with para, then vyuha, then vibhava, which is 
the vibhava kind of equals avatara in our terminology, then antaryami, uh, the goer within, literally. Uh, the, the fifth is archa. Archa is the archamurti, and he's saying, in effect, it's collective. Uh, the presence of the Lord in para is present in Vyuha is present in avatar or vibhava, is present in antaryami, all of them present in archa. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so also be careful. You're being watched. <laughs> That's called darshana. Darshana doesn't mean just looking like he's in a museum. Looks like he's in a cage right now. <laughs> we have to keep we have to keep him in there, otherwise look out. Um, but uh, he's looking at us. And so we come before the Lord to say, My dear Lord, here I am. Uh, with with all my faults, uh, with everything that I am, whatever I'm not, here I am. Um, please let me be purified by your glance. Let me be blessed by your glance. Hare Krishna, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai. Further points, comments, Sanjay. Question, okay. Um, I would like to know whether you can confirm this the statement which I heard that Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said that the first verse of Sri Shastakam is our only preaching. Have you heard such a statement? I haven't heard it, um, but that doesn't mean that he didn't say it. Um, it's an interesting thought. Um, and it, it it makes sense. I can see how it would make sense uh, in terms of what do we present to the public. Uh, we emphasize all the points that are there, and there's plenty within that first verse uh, to to share with others, no doubt. Uh, it's also... Um, somewhat parallel, we can say, a comment of Śrīla Prabhupāda, as I remember, as I understood, uh, when he was speaking with devotees of the uh, Bhaktivedanta Institute, the science devotees, uh, he would uh, make the point that our, our message, uh, the, our scientist devotees' message for for the world is uh, life comes from life. He went on to say, the worship of Radha and Krishna is our private affair. Mm, confirm? Oh, I have a question. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's a public side and there's a more intimate, a more private side, uh, certainly, 
in our culture of Krishna consciousness. And yes, it's certainly an interesting thought that uh, this one, this first verse is uh, is comprehensive of uh, all that we have to say to uh, persons uh, with whom we initially come in contact. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, actually, maybe two questions that are related. The first is, uh, what's the difference between this philosophy of the various avatars appearing in all different species of life? What's the difference between that and animism or anthropomorphism? Uh huh. Well, animism uh, would. As I understand, I think there's many different versions of animism, <laughs> um, but one—it's—it's it's not saying that all, you know, cockroaches are the Lord. <laughs> there's, just one cockroach. <laughs> there's just one cockroach. <laughs> uh, well, that's something to think about. Why did I? Why did I say cockroach? It could have been. Could have been giraffes. Giraffes, by the way, are also possibly becoming an endangered species um, on this planet, at least. So that would be one point, and the other is that, of course, uh, we are not pantheism. Our philosophy is not pantheism; it's panentheism, which means the Lord is. Yes, the Lord is all present, he's present everywhere, and he is beyond everything. He is aloof from everything. Uh, and therefore Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Nacha matstani bhutani pashame yoga maishvaram bhuta brinnacha bhuta sto mamatma bhuta bhavana After saying, I am everywhere in my avyakta form, uh, he says, but that's only half the story. So animism, as I understand it, would be kind of half the story. Mm. Yeah. Yes? Brahma Jyoti effulgence, yeah. So, um, what does that, uh, that statement from Bhakti Thakur mean, that connection? Uh. So, because I would um, just interpret it in that way, that in fact there is no merging into Brahman, such a thing is not existing, mm. because the soul is eternal, and um, there will be always individual consciousness, even if you perceive Brahman, there's still that person, that same person, is doing the perceiving. That's a very nice point. Um, yeah, uh, we this idea of uh, you mentioned hiranmayena patrena satyasya pihitam mukam tatvang pushan apavrinu. There, the Lord is addressed as pushan. <laughs> pushan is a mysterious 
a mysterious uh, being of the Rig Veda. Um, Satya Dharmaya Drishtaye, uh, uh, remove remove this Hiranya, this this golden, this this uh, brilliance constituted of gold, Hiranmayena Patra. Uh, and so what you're saying is it would seem that in fact there is no there there is no absolute merging yeah uh, there is no absolute mer- merging which is also there in uh, pointed out in one of the prayers of lord brahma i believe it is where he says aruhya kritrena parampadam tata patantyato anadriti yushmadangraya after trying to merge, <laughs> I forget the first beginning of that verse, but Aruhya Krishna, after so much effort to merge, Parampadam, uh, and getting to the highest position, Patanti, uh, they fall because uh, they can't stay there. There is no, yeah, there is no state of absolute merging. Yeah. Nice. But it's when you enter in some empty room, you come in the empty room and something like this. It's in in comparison of this uh, relationship in material world. Yeah. You enter in an empty room and And now what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also Prabhupada would say many times, there's no enjoyment uh, to be alone. There's no enjoyment. Right, so today is, what's today? Today's Friday, and uh, I think uh, there may be various services for for those of you who have come uh, from far away, yeah. Yeah. So I wish you all the best today for all all your devotional activities but please also give yourself time uh with Nursingadev while you're here. <laughs> give yourself some time and uh absorb some absorb Nursingadev's blessings. Absorb them and also uh, think about others whom you would like to be blessed by the Lord, even if they're not present with us. Okay? Right. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Shri Pralat Lakshmina Sangadev Ki Jai Singh Achalam Dham Ki Jai Kali Yuga Ki Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Hare Krishna Jai